playing the ukulele badly because this podcast is self-produced weird stuff has happened in the past and here i am to tell you about it i guess yeah i will yeah absurd real history hello and welcome to absurd real history the podcast where i find weird stories from the past and find cool people to tell them to today i am excited to be joined back by the wonderful improviser luke benson hello luke hey sir thanks for having me i'm really excited to be back i just want to say i know this is like an audio format but luke's sponge on his mic matches his glasses exactly this like royal blue and it's so satisfying to to watch that I can't believe it's not planned. It's it's a shame that it isn't a video format. Yeah, I've, I put a lot of effort in, so uh, hopefully that comes across. <laughs> yeah, so Luke was here in one of our first episodes uh, talking about Hoovers. Yeah. So you should listen to, to that episode if you haven't already, because Luke was great in that. That was the first one, wasn't it? It was the first one that I recorded, mm. but not the first one I released chronologically. Ah, okay, very good. Because I like to confuse people. Oh, yeah. Keep them guessing. Yeah. Keep them, keep them guessing. Yeah. Today, we're going to be talking about the, the very weird history of sea monkeys. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. What comes to mind when you think sea monkeys? Sea monkeys. I, I might be wrong, but are they not the little... Um, they're like tiny creatures that you get in, in, a, in a, like a soup packet. And you pour them into water and then they come to life. That's what I'm thinking yeah. of. Is that? Yeah. So they, they, they're basically freeze-dried little um, fish. Brine shrimp, to be precise. Freeze-dried brine shrimp. Yes. Very good. Okay, cool. Yeah. And they, okay, yeah, I'm excited now <laughs> because I know nothing. That's all I know about them. And they are fascinating that they can exist in this kind of dust form. And all you have to do is just add them to water and that they reanimate. Yeah, this is this takes all sorts of twists and turns. I'm going to take you on a journey. Oh, yes. <laughs> they were invented by a man, Harold von Braun Hunt. Okay. And he had he himself had 195 patents. So it wasn't just sea monkeys. I'm just going to give you a list of some of the crazy toys that he has done. He sold crazy crabs, which <laughs> was just hermit crabs that he would ship to children. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. It was a whole thing for, for animals. Uh, he also sold the invisible fish, which was guaranteed to stay invisible. Okay, so the, it essentially, it was a scam, <laughs> right? Like <laughs> he wasn't. Was there a fish? Was it a scam though, or was it just good marketing? He was selling the story more than the product. Great marketing seems like a scam. I guess it's like you know when when you see old timey oil skin salesmen uh, or snake skin salesmen selling you things that are like, it, it seems amazing. You put this on your face. You look 10 years younger. The marketing is amazing, but mm. the product isn't really delivering on what it's supposed to. So it's, that seems like a scam. Yeah. He's oh. also behind x-ray specs. <laughs> okay. So um, explain to me x-ray specs. X-ray specs. Um, I'm going to show you the advertisement because it was super super sexist advertisements but it was basically uh you could see under women's clothing or see people's bones i mean put on these glasses real cheap and um and so he was targeting perverts he was he was targeting 10 year old boys okay pretty creepy 
Pretty creepy. I don't think you'd get away with that now if you launched glasses aimed at kids that can see under people's clothes. Uh, clothes. I don't think it would. Uh, I don't think it'd fly too well. No. Was there real tech behind it, or was it just again another scam? It created a minor optical illusion, which basically blurred the outside of your hand, so it kind of looked like your skeleton. You oh, know, if you kind of like look at your hand in a certain way. Yeah, if you if you cross your eyes. So this is the ad for the X-ray specs. One of the ads, one of many. So it's um pretty basic looking animation. Just a guy with giant, like a giant um, set of specs on him. Uh, looking at the outline of a woman in a sheer dress. And it says that the scientific optical principle really works. So you put on the x-ray specs, hold your hand right in front of you, and you'll seem to be able to look right through the flesh and see the bones underneath. Okay, so th- this guy is saying that like you put these on, you can see through physical matter. and Yes. And then he charges $1 for them. And he has a money-back guarantee yeah. either way, which is pretty bold. Because I would have assumed a lot of people would have been like, well, this doesn't work. I want my money back. I'm assuming he didn't actually... Yeah. These were mail order. So I think a lot of the time with that is, even today, the amount of people that I would actually bother to go to the effort of returning it. Yeah, that's true. It's worth, it's worth to have. He also invented those eyes on dolls that close when you put them down. You know that mechanism? I gotta say, I'm I'm finding it really difficult to figure out how I feel about this guy because that's a great mechanism. Like that's yeah, a really good smart. invention. That's that's excellent. And then some of the mm. other stuff seems like, well, I'm just gonna send some crabs to some kids and call it a toy. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna let crabs attack children and and profit off it. What was his name? Harold von Braun Hunt. 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 Harold von Braun Hunt. Von Braun Hunt. Very good. Don't look him up. Okay. okay. No, no, I'm not. No, no, I don't try and remember cheat this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine that. Like, I, I wanted to see how it ended. No, I'm not one of those people that I love murder mysteries, but I don't skip to the end to see how it ends. I think that ruins the fun of it. So no, I'm, I'm, um, I just want to remember his name. He also invented Boulder Dash. Have you heard of that? I have. So this is the game where you have to create a definition for for words, isn't it? Yeah. Is it something like that? You have to basically argue that your definition for this word that you've made up is correct. And whoever argues best wins or something. Yeah. Wow. And this guy, I'm loving a, this guy. He was also one of the, he also worked on essentially what was the world's first GPS. It's like in the mid 20th century. How? I like, not into, I didn't look into it too much, but I think it was essentially like connecting all the bus routes and like a ticket system. And it was basically the precursor to what would become Google Maps. So he's a smart guy. That's fin- like, that's incredible. It doesn't seem like the same guy also thought of X-ray specs. Yeah, well, we'll see Harold. Our friend Harold has loads of different aspects of his personality. He okay. also worked as a magician, the great Telepo. Telepo. Well, that which comes sense. across in his marketing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These definitely do, like, uh, I hope you, you put these pictures up so people can grab them. But, like, it, they definitely look like cheesy advertisements for, I would say, a second-rate magician. Like, I don't think, I haven't heard of the Telepo, uh, the great Telepo. So I'm assuming he didn't yeah. do too well. 
it was mainly when he was younger he actually went on to to manage talent one of the guy he managed with this guy named henry lamore and his whole thing was jumping from a height of 40 feet into a kiddie pool of like 12 inches of water that was his whole thing <laughs> that was his main stick like <laughs> no i get that imagine like it's it's just mad how things have changed that now um you know everybody has to have their uh like they have to have their own identity and we struggle with trying to provide all of these different reasons that were worth employment and you know i can do that for you i can write it and i can direct it and i'll be i'll be good in in your job uh, and then there's this guy only 100 years ago 120 years ago where it was like what's your deal oh i can i can jump pretty high oh, it's not that long ago <laughs> well how long ago was it was it not 1900s yeah but it was like you know 19 i mean he was born in 1926 oh wow so, so we're only talking like 60 70 years ago wow. yeah so like mainly the 1950s i would say god it was a different time yeah and it was still it was okay to like be my thing is i dive off i dive from 40 feet 40 feet is my magic number 45 yeah. too much i'll break a leg uh 35 not thrilling enough people want the 40 foot drop <laughs> people want more they want more yeah his grandfather was tobias cone and was head of t cone toy company so he followed in that suit i think after his father died to kind of have a more stable career path okay after world war ii there was like a boom in children the boomers yes so obviously because america and capitalism the corporate world was desperate to get money, money from these, these little kids. people yeah so the, like the 60s 50s was just a time of weird toys and harold you betcha he was in in here with all of his weird his weird stuff so sea monkeys is probably what he's best known for that's where he got most of his money that's where he made his millions and as i was mentioning at the start they're brine shrimp which is essentially the fish food that you feed to other fish to better fish to better fish <laughs> yeah poor brine shrimp like my mother has a tropical fish tank so she has frozen frozen brine shrimp in the freezer and feeds that to the okay. fish okay so do you have to these little powdery things you have to keep them frozen well our ones aren't aren't powder that's the we'll get into exactly what sea monkeys are these aren't the eggs they're the live fish that are, are dead and frozen in a little square that you melt in the warm water and kind of like a fish. stock cube like a fishy stock cube wow exactly exactly if you have tropical fish, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Or if you're thinking about it, that's, yeah. that's how you If you're thinking you about go. getting some tropical fish at this challenging time, now you know how to feed them. Mm. He actually got the idea for sea monkeys when he was in a fish shop and saw this fish food. I was like, you know what? I can sell these. <laughs> so he actually got this idea. <laughs> I love that. He got this idea when he saw it in existence already and said, I'll take that. I love that. Um, yeah. That's like henry ford being like oh i have an idea i'll take that car that's over there and i'll sell it <laughs> well he was a marketer he was known for, for yes. marketing and sea monkeys did this thing well brine shrimp and the one he was looking at in particular artemia salina they live in salt lakes and what they do is when the water evaporates they go into a state of suspended animation until water is added oh. again 
So he was like, well, that's a product I can sell because they're not going to die. You know, if you have them stocked, they can last for for ages in a little packet and no one would be none the wiser. So in in the early 1960s, he started selling them under the title Instant Life. Okay. For just 49 cents. Now, no toy shop would touch it because a few months prior, would you believe another toy company tried to sell this more or less the same thing? but with killer fish eggs and called it instant fish. And it was a disaster because they weren't as durable as the brine shrimp. Sorry, killer fish. Yeah. Right. I thought... Killer fish eggs. I have no idea what a killer fish is, but I thought that there was some sort of like scandal where the the company had killer fish and then they ended up being like... I had the image of piranhas. And that all these kids were pouring these <laughs> like deadly fish into their fish bowls at home and and they were vicious, but I'm assuming I'm assuming that they were just not as durable tiny fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, they weren't killing children. They weren't feeding piranhas. Well, <laughs> so let's let's get into to sea monkeys a, a yeah, bit let's more. Delve in. So he decided to rebrand them and call them sea monkeys because of their tail. Now, they look nothing like sea monkeys. And I think just naming them sea monkeys because they have a tail. I mean, there are much better names. Like, you mean, cats have tails. Dogs have tails. Yeah. Lots, so lots of things sea, have tails. Sea cats? So. Sea dogs? Instant scorpions? Instant scorpions! Scorpion. So you're already coming up with, with better better names i think definitely it's a step up from his first name though i think sea monkeys is more evocative than instant life yeah but i think the whole idea is they just appeared you know you are a child and you are god you just add water to this packet and you have your own microchasm world that's true i just feel like it's more evocative to be like sea monkeys it's like okay sea monkeys instant life is so broad i think yeah it could mean anything Whereas it's sea monkeys, you're like, okay, the little, yeah, I get it. I get it. So Von Braunhunt teamed up with a marine biologist and microcrustacean expert, Anthony D'Agostino, and actually developed a new type of brine shrimp specifically for sea monkeys that wow. were heartier and could survive in tap water easier and more likely to survive the cryptobiosis. Incredible. So they, they bred these specifically for kids. Mm-hmm. Now, this formula is still kept secret to this day, lock and vault style. Wow. So That's impressive. He invented a new species of animal just for toys, just to sell to, to kids. I mean, that is going above and beyond. I don't think too many toy makers can claim that. Yeah. And this is also around the same time as ant farms were becoming super popular. I think kids were just in the market for weird science animal toys. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's also, um, it's it's weird how toys move in trends like that. Yeah. Do you know? Um, like, oh yeah, like in the 90s, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were huge. So then off the back of that, we had a bunch of these kind of animal clone uh, cartoons. There was... Um, something sharks do you remember that and then there was biker mice biker mice do you remember biker mice from mars no, no? but i yeah, love yeah. that so there was like a bunch of different they were like okay well what what animal hasn't been used yet great we'll just we'll throw that onto right so it's armadillos and boxers box boxer armadillos perfect great that's uh 
we can see the merch now. I know this won't blow your mind as much because well, you didn't don't, have you sea don't monkeys. Know. You don't know. It you might. you didn't have sea monkeys, but no. they. I remember this. They were sold with like three packets. So okay. packet one was the water purifier. You put that in the water in the tank. You mix it up and you left it for twenty four hours. Okay. Packet two was the magic crystals. The, the eggs and the instant life. So you put them in and then the brine shrimp just appear. And then packet three was like little bits of food that you, you did throughout the time. Okay. But in reality, packet one was the eggs and a little bit of like salt, I guess. And yeah. by waiting 24 hours, you were giving the brine shrimp t- time to grow a bit. Interesting. And packet two, which he called magic crystals, in reality is some formula that contained a tiny amount of blue dye, which made the shrimp more visible. That's... So it's misdirection. It's magic. It's just tricking tricking children. Wow. Because I'm assuming there wouldn't be as much instant life. If the first sachet was the part that had all the eggs, you probably wouldn't be able to say it was instant because they were freeze-dried. They had to absorb water. They had to come back to life. That would probably take hours. Well, they hatched pretty quickly. It was more so it would give them time to grow because they're teeny tiny pretty genius gotta say harold fair play pretty i mean if your business is tricking children he did a really good job tricking children yeah he did as i was saying before because no toy company would touch sea monkeys because of this instant fish failure he went straight to the source straight to the source and ingeniously started advertising in comic books so those x-ray specs ads that i saw you before back a comic book sea monkeys comic books And he hired Joe Orlando to make this Sea Monkey ad. And he would go on to work for DC Comics, Mad Magazine. So he created these Sea Monkeys that look nothing like what you would actually get. And I'm just going to show you this initial Sea Monkey ad and you can describe what you see. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay, well, this seems like false advertising. So we have... Sea Monkeys is synonymous with disappointment. Kids are expecting. Yeah. <laughs> like, so it's a full color ad, 125 plus postage, very reasonable price. But what it has is like, it's got this family of kind of, they look like royalty. There's like a, um, a castle behind them. They all have little crowns on their heads. There's a mother, a father and two kids. They all look very happy. Looks like kind of like a 1950s um like shot at uh, Butlins or something where all the kids are are super happy and, and cheery. And uh, they look like kind of like fish people or like mer people. So you'd think, yeah, fuck yeah, this is great. This is, uh, I don't know if I can curse, sorry. Uh, <laughs> but you'd think that this is... Curse. Okay, well, that's good. But like you'd think, oh, wow, these, I'm going to get tiny people living in my house. Yeah, and you can see they're so eager to please. They can even be trained. Which I'm assuming is nonsense. It's complete nonsense. He also included a 32-page handbook, which I think is still included in most Sea Monkey kits today, which states that the creatures can be hypnotized, that they can play baseball, that they can rise from the dead. Um, Just all sorts of nonsense that is not true. Including a quote, The males engage in combat to win the fin, paw, flipper, hoof, wing, or what have you of their lady love. So it's in the handbook. So this is just blatant misdirection, yeah. blatant misinformation. Yeah. Um, there was obviously no like standards boards or anything that he was getting caught for. 
It was just a different time, I guess. Well, they did work. You know, kids were amazed that they were just magically able to create life. Now, a lot of the time it is synonymous with with disappointment. You know, a lot of them died or if some kids didn't do the packets correctly, it wouldn't work. Okay. I mean, it is cruel in a way. Like you kind of, you take these new, this new species that they've created, you give them life and they probably don't last that long. Like they're, they're being reanimated in order to die very quickly. That's pretty cruel. I mean, as I said, they're literal fish food. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that is true as well, I suppose. Yeah. So, and a huge part of it as well, I think was, it was at the back of comics. So the whole thing was, you know, you can put your money or get your parents to write a check and after you've given the money and you can send off for them yourself, which at the time, you know, even as a kid, you can think just having that responsibility. It's like, I'm the person who bought these. You know, you didn't have to go to a toy store. Yeah. Kids could do the whole process themselves if they wanted to. I'm just trying to think back now. Like I used to, I used to have like certain magazines at home, like uh, like Nintendo magazines or games magazines. And you would read it like like start to finish. You'd absorb every single page and you'd pour over all of the ads and everything. Like you would take this stuff in as a kid. So I could really see how like the idea of creating life, this little family that you're in charge of, you're, you've paid for it. Like you said, you have autonomy. Mm-hmm. You're, I'm, I'm old enough now. I can make these decisions. I yeah. can control I mean, it, the entire animal kingdom. <laughs> I can be an Notions. omnipotent god. Notions, essentially. Yeah, <laughs> notions. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I can see how it would be so intoxicating for a, a young person. Yeah. Well, that's a key part of childhood is realizing that you can be an omnipotent God and that you should be. We've all been there. <laughs> sure. Yeah. 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 The, your first God complex. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's between seven and nine, I think. Yeah. That'd uh, be a good children's book. Your first God complex. Yeah. Cause the, I think the first God complex is fine. It's quite cute actually. Cause you're still a kid. And if you think you're God, it's like, that's hilarious. You're a child. The problematic God complexes come later in life when you're an adult and, uh, you maybe control employees or your decisions on policy. Maybe, uh, well, let's not go into that, but like, you know, God, God complexes in your later life. Not as cute. My Godplex, my Godplex, God complex. Godplex sounds like a weird ointment. (laughs) (laughs) Was the the Sims the Sims too for sure for sure was the Sims. I loved the Sims. Yeah, I think I really loved building the houses in the Sims. I got kind of bored once we built the houses and they were just like wandering around the place. You could tell a lot about a person by how they played the Sims because my sister was like that. She was really into the the building houses and then kind of bored. Whereas I was the opposite. I hated the building houses. Mm. I just wanted to control their their lives. Interesting. Now your eyes really widened there when you said that. Yeah. I I I actually like this is really embarrassing, but I actually got to the stage, I think, where I was like 12, 13, and I started making like Sims versions of all my friends just to see who would hook up with who, just in my Sim world. I mean, that's I think that's fair enough. I think it, it, it is only a matter of time. If you have these powers to create characters and you're dealing with your mates every day, you're definitely going to make your mates in Sims. I made my, my friends in Football Manager. Like, and then I signed <laughs> them all for the same team. And I made us all class. Like, I made us the, all the best players in the world. Um, so I think that's, that's fair enough. Yeah. 
Harold became absolutely no loaded. You've heard of sea monkeys, even if you never had them. They're unanimous. They're in so many TV shows. Yeah. They're just mentioned everywhere. It's a whole concept. Yeah, really. they're they're kind of a uh, they're a cultural touchstone, aren't they? Even if even if you don't see them anymore, you're aware of them. They're kind of like um, they're um, synonymous with. Um, kind of Malian orders as well. They're synonymous with, I think they're synonymous mm. with a kind of scam as well. It's like, yeah, sea monkeys. It's like, you, you think you're getting something, but you get something else. I mean, again, your first major disappointment, a, a huge, he's he's getting all the ki- the child touchstones, yeah, really. He really is. In many ways, parents should probably so, thank him because it's a relatively small price to pay to learn, you know, buyer beware. Oh, I remember being a kid and getting seeing sea monkeys in the toy shop and wanting them, and my mother telling me very specifically that I would be disappointed yeah. that they didn't actually look anything like monkeys. I'm like, I know they don't look anything like I'm monkeys. Idiot, I Mom. still want them. Yeah. I still want them. It's cool. It's... I'm an animal person. Yeah. I I want to I want to experience what it's like to be God um in an, an underwater world. So. Mm. Come on, mom. Be cool. Just be cool. Like sometimes we don't really care even what the what the toy is. It's just like this looks cool. I want it now. Uh, you, you couldn't if you ask the child to explain why they want it. They're not gonna know. It's just because marketing has drilled it into their head. They're like, oh yeah, I really want that. It was like I had a yeah. I had a toy back in the day called like Miss Doctor Horrible's Sweet Laboratory or something, and you you made. Kind of with packets and water as well. You made these horrible little jellies that were in the shape. I remember the ad. Yeah, do you remember the ad? And I was like I obsessed the with the ad because the ad made it look so cool. And then in reality, all you were making were really horrible Haribo, like really terrible, not gooey, not gummy, sorry, but gooey, kind of disgusting sludge. But I needed to have it. I needed to have it. I needed to learn that for myself. Yeah, it's like the Mr. Frosties. Were they good? Did you have one of those? I had one. Now, they were... They worked, but they were damn near impossible to to operate. Like yeah. It took a lot of brute force to grind the ice down. So you're slaving away and you get like a tiny bit of just shredded ice. It's not the, the, the big snow cone with the fancy syrup. Yeah, because the tough, syrup was the big like deal. This, yeah, it's like this cheap like metal ice thing that you're just like... Uh, yeah. And maybe it's because I was a kid, so it wasn't that strong. But I think other people struggled with it too. Of course you know, they did. It's... They were kids. Like I think well, there was electric ones no, as well, wasn't there? Like that the tumbler at the front would like turn. Am I wrong in thinking that, or was it all hand cranked? Mine was all hand cranked. I'm it sure there was, was an electric one. Fancy kids got the electric ones. Yeah, you had the hand crank. Um, <laughs> but I had a friend who had that, and I remember him saying like after the first go he just stopped using the ice and just drank the syrup because <laughs> he all he was doing was getting a small bit of ice at the end like you said and then just covering it with syrup anyway so he was like i'm just gonna cut out all of the effort here and just cut out the middleman syrup yeah essentially <laughs> just drink the syrup so harold's first marriage fell apart due to, to unknown reasons uh, with charlotte so now he was loaded and he was living with wife number two the 60s bondage film star Yolanda Signorelli. So you you did mean to say bondage, not bond. Yeah. Right. There is, is there a, not to go too deep into this, but is there a um, genre of like just general films called bondage? 
Yeah, there was definitely a genre of like 1960s bondage kink films. I'm not sure if it was straight pornography, but definitely adult films. Okay, it was kind of like burlesque-esque. But bondage. But bondage, sure, but with its own... Yeah. yeah. Okay, and were there, were there not, again, not to go too far into this, but like, were there plots and stuff? Do you want a poster? I kind of do. Yeah, send me on the poster, would you? Okay, give me a Or send me a website that I can go to. That's, uh, was it kind of like the plots? Was it more akin to porn in that like it had like very loose plots to just see people in bondage? Or was it kind of like a normal film plot which just happened to have bondage in it? You know, I didn't look too much into it. <laughs> well, that's fair. That's understandable. Um, but I'm just wondering, is it kind of like a, was it a Fifty Shades of Grey type deal? Probably, I suppose. No, I think it was, it was a bit more obvious, obvious than that. Okay. Here what I have, I have the IMDB page for probably the most famous one. Okay, so the, the plot for this is obsessed with the novel, a meek shoe salesman gets lost during a weekend retreat within the surreal world of Marna's country mansion. It has been rated 4.7 out of 10. Um, and you can see the poster there. Yeah, the poster. So this is Venus and Furs. Yeah, just kind of like um, film noir-esque, sultry women. Um, and what looks like David Lynch. Uh, underground eager beaver. And and David Lynch just sort of screaming on the on the front cover. I mean, I'd give it a watch. This is Venus. She go. rules an empire of sordid pleasures. Okay, so this, uh, so Harold, um, the 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 first marriage didn't go so well. So he decided, I'm going to take my sea all this sea monkey money, and I'm I'm getting myself a film star, and we're going to live the good life. Yeah, they moved to Maryland, which is south of D.C., mm. and started turning their land into a wildlife reserve with part of their sea monkey fortune. Well, that's interesting. And now, was it all of, yeah. were all of the animals freeze-dried? Only the most important Only ones. Only the most important. So he'd, he'd have, like, sea ponies, and he'd just have, like, a big a big sachet, and he'd just pour a <laughs> pony into a, into a pool. That would be the most d- disappointing zoo ever. <laughs> oh, it'd be pretty grim, I think, yeah. <laughs> Sea penguins, uh, just, sea bats. Just seeing like dehydrated animals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it'll be <laughs> awful. It'll be awful. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I do like the idea of, of like it's all just a bunch of sea monkeys. Uh, Yolanda left the show business industry to actually help Harold with the sea monkey business. And she actually, because he's since passed away and she still is, you know, one of the, the main people sorted out some legal business complications which we'll get to at the end which i actually didn't really look into that much but yeah so she was on the ground helping him out more or less the two of them more or less running sea monkeys this industry so it there's a fair amount of like it's still going the same company owns sea monkeys is it like it's a limited company and and it's run it's like a corporation is it it's been distributed by different toy companies and after it was them owning sea monkeys and more leasing the rights to to use sea monkeys to various toy companies and for distributors and after harold's death yolanda sold part of sea monkey anyway to like give some of the reins 
Um, and then some company toy stuff. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Wow. I mean, like, way to go. Like, I have to say, who would have thought the man that came up with X ray specs would end up like creating. I'm assuming some sort of like a multi-million dollar industry out of just shrimp out of fish food. It's genius. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he obviously found uh, love with Yolanda, which is lovely. And, uh, you Mm. know, they dedicated their, the rest of their life to some sort of like animal preserve. So like, good for him. He, He led an eccentric life outside of the toy world where he talked about how he performed magic under the great Telepo. (laughs) No, that's... No, I don't believe you there now. This guy seems like a straight shooter. (laughs) He raced motorcycles under the name The Green Hornet. Love it. Uh, Talent manager. And he was a massive racist. Oh, less... White supremacist. White supremacist. Less fun there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay well i was all on board i mean you've really pulled the rug from underneath me there now yeah and i was like oh good for him look at him doing his thing um he's uh here's a literal quote from him hitler wasn't a bad guy he just received bad press and most of his sea monkey money went went to the nazis <laughs> oh that's a shame that's a real shame it's unclear when Harold von Braunhund started funding neo-Nazis, but his affiliation with the Aryan nations spanned decades. And here's the thing. Von isn't his middle name. It's Nathan. He just added that to sound more German. And here's the weird thing. Here's the weird, born- thing. Here's, here's the weird thing. Here's the weird thing. <laughs> After 40 minutes of <laughs> relentless weird things, we already know he's a Nazi. Here's the weird thing. He's Jewish. Oh, for fuck's sake. And I don't know if you know anything about the Aryan nation. I mean, I really don't like Jews. Yeah, oh, really? I wasn't aware. <laughs> um, oh, for fuck's sake, Harold. So this guy's just an, a lunatic. It's just a madman. Uh. I don't. I don't know. And that's why I did this episode. You know, I actually wrote this episode ages ago and then decided I wasn't going to do it just because didn't want to bum people out with Nazi talk. Yeah. And to be fair, it's impressive that I've gotten this far without, you know, yeah, yeah, Hitler yeah. really being a thing. Yeah. But here we go. Oh, it's, it's so go. impressive that Hitler only appeared towards the end of the podcast. That's, that's very impressive considering this guy. I do people not know the link between sea monkeys and the Nazis. Like, why don't we, we people need to know about this. That's, that's what I'm doing this for. That's yeah. Well, we need to spread the word. We need to stop yeah. people buying these sea monkeys. He would continuously pay for the upkeep of his parents' graves at a Jewish cemetery in Long Island. So there's obviously not really any bad blood between his parents. He's, you know, paying money for a Jewish service. Yeah. And he was had kind of was hiding the fact that he was Jewish by putting Vaughn in his name. His Aryan Nation connections first came to the attention of the American media in 1979 when he was arrested for trying to board a flight with one of his patents, a spring whip defense weapon, just basically a spring loaded baton that wielded enough force to incapacitate. And it was marketed in Aryan nation magazines with great taglines, such as if you need a gun, but can't get a license. 
So he's advertising to Aryan Nation members who can't get a gun in America, a weapon. I gotta say, uh, my opinion has turned on on Harold. Um, so is is the full is the full title of Sea Monkeys? Is it Nazi Monkeys? Is that the kind of that's what it? Go back and look at the ad. Doesn't that family that's loving Sea Monkeys look quite Aryan to you? I'm gonna flick back down. I mean, it definitely looks like propaganda now because it's so white. It's such a white ad. Oh, they can even be trained. Yeah, God, this is. I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna show you the ad for the spring with defense mechanism that was targeted, you know, in Aryan Nation magazines, and yeah. And you'll see, it's quite similar to the X-ray specs and the sea monkey ads. You don't need a gun. And it looks, this guy, it looks like 60s Harry Potter. Like, it, it, that's what it <laughs> looks like. It looks like he's wielding a wand. So it, it would, what? It would be in his arm, like up his sleeve, and it would shoot out and he could grab it. Is that the idea? Just like, and you can beat people with it. Yeah. But it looks like a drumstick. Like that picture there, it looks like, um, like Ringo Starr in the middle of a set. You don't yeah, need a gun. There's... You just need like a drumstick. So he was arrested for trying to bring this on a plane. <laughs> yeah, good. Good. I'm all out on Harold now. You, you knew. You knew the whole way through. As I was like singing his praises, you were like, this guy's a Nazi. Yeah, I wanted to surprise you. I wanted yeah, to take you, you on a journey. Yeah, you did. Because so. that's... Part of the absurdity of it is you don't expect Nazis and sea monkeys to be related. No, you you really don't. And uh, it definitely blindsided me. And I was all for this guy. I was like, good for him. Living his dream. Saving animals. He, belie <laughs> he believed in Manson's helter-skelter belief, which was essentially an impending race war. Oh, this guy. And the proceeds, <laughs> the proceeds of that weapon for that ad you just saw went entirely to the legal fees for Aryan Nation leader Richard Butler, who was, you know, on trial for being a Nazi. Doing terrible things. Yeah. Great. So following this trial, the Washington Post released an expose of Von Braunhund's past and present. Nathan. Revealing a twelve thousand dollar loan he gave to the KKK in nineteen eighty so a grand wizard could buy 83 guns now this article was the first time that his jewish origins were released as well so now you know the sea monkey guys know that he's a big old nazi and the nazis know that he's a jew so <laughs> it is not turning out too well for harold I have well to here's say. the thing no one seems to care what does yolanda think of all this oh she is no comments no throughout the shit. whole thing she says we don't really talk about politics Apparently she doesn't share the same beliefs, but I mean, if that's your husband. <laughs> yeah, I I just don't get that sometimes. I, I'm not sure how you can like politics, politics overlap with like belief systems and with like who you are as a person. Like you don't have to talk about how you feel about um, education reform. But if you think that your race is, su is supreme, <laughs> that isn't politics. Yeah, I, I think it, 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 it transcends politics it, it's it's like it goes to the core of who you are as a human who you can how you empathize with other human beings i don't think it counts as politics so i don't buy that <laughs> yeah elsewhere come on yolanda 
who like Richard Butler, who preached that Jews descended from Satan, ha- had this okay. man, Harold von Braunhund, who was known to be born Jewish, lead his wife's funeral in 1995, which is insane. It goes to show that it's not really about the beliefs at the end of the day, because we don't know how much money he was giving these organizations, but it's a lot. It's probably the most any person has ever donated to the KKK or to the Aryan Nation groups. Yeah, it kind of proves that like corruption is at the heart yeah. of everything. So, yeah, I mean it, it's a it's not a feel, it's not the feel good story I thought it'd be. Search, I have to say, uh, <laughs> Sea Monkeys sounded whimsical. You know, sounded a little bit batty. Uh, this eccentric character turns out one of the biggest funders of systemic racism and uh, anti-Semitism in the history of the U.S. Great. He gave most of his sea monkey Nazis. money to the Nazis, to neo-Nazis, right. various Aryan nation groups, KKKs. So Lamari, so who at the time... Third Reich. Yeah, Lamari, who at the time was distributing sea monkeys, uh, continued to market and distribute the product because money. And money. in the 90s as well, there was an, a big sea monkey revival. Oh, good. Good, great. Yeah. Meanwhile, sea monkeys... You know, doing great. Ron Hunt. Not not actually the sea monkeys, but the company. The company, yeah. The, yeah, the sea monkeys the are still dying. Yeah. They're still dying and um fish food. Who knows what's going on in those little brains? Yeah, bless Someone them. around. Von Braunhund, Harold here, continued to support racist hate groups, continued supplying weapons, copious amount of money, speaking at meetings on multiple occasions, even lighting the cross on a few occasions. He was wow. given that um Great honor that only the highest Nazis have. Is that so? That's a big honor to light the cross. It's kind of like the Olympic torch. Yeah. Wow. It's kind of like um. So he's he's the latter day like my pillow guy essentially. So like the my pillow guy is the CEO who has been outspoken, uh, a supporter of Trump, and um, a pretty nationalist, pretty tro- uh, troubling, problematic views. But he's used his position as a CEO of a company that does something quite trivial, which is like a, a pillow company. And uh, and this seems like that's what Harold was just back in the day. Just a ridiculous company based on a nonsense idea. Uh, and he used it as a platform to spew his hate. But why? He was Jewish. Why did he hide the fact that he was Jewish? Is, is it self-hatred? He seemed to have a pretty okay life. I, it's, I'm just confused. I want to understand the psychology behind it. There's interviews with him talking about sea monkeys and he just seems like a daughtery, centric old man. And then there's videos of him speaking at like racist rallies. It's yeah. insane. It's like two different people. See, this is the danger of some of the some of the most dangerous people at the moment are the ones that seem reasonable at times and they just have these very dangerous and uh vilifying views of other people so the people who the the people who get on tv and talk very eruditely very calmly about how the how Trump is doing right and we just believe in national values and it happens here as well you know there's alt-right spokespeople who seem quite reasonable and then they'll just have one thing where they say also we should keep immigrants out of the country you know just to protect 
the Irish people. And mm. that's the problem is that like they seem they don't seem crazy. It's easy to dismiss the crazy people. It's the people yeah. that are like educated and uh, believable. They're the ones that do the damage. And sometimes, you know, some of the most intelligent people have the craziest belief systems. Mm. And also, I think success allows you a certain amount of freedom. So if you're a mm. successful person and let's be honest, like if you're a successful man, um you are given leeway to your problematic behavior i've seen it in like even in modern day ireland if you're somebody who makes money for a company your transgressions will be overlooked your problematic yeah. opinions your sexism um your casual racism will be overlooked because you're just a character and that's how people justify allowing this to continue so he was probably just a character and a lot of people who didn't like Yolanda probably didn't um didn't believe his or didn't uh, agree with his r racism because he was 90% of the time just a doddery eccentric we're like oh he's just a bit kooky yeah once a year he goes and lights the cross but the rest of the time he's just a sea monkey guy so you've got away with it yeah he <sighs> wrote very nasty near genocidal articles under the name Hendrik von Braun. Oh, great. Uh, great alias there. I know. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> In the world of jewels and precious metals, only that which is pure, rare and unalloyed is of the highest value begins a newsletter dated 1993. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, I mean, not true. Genetics would uh, argue the opposite is true, that alloys mm -hmm. um, are actually healthier. Uh, yeah like even it with with dogs if you even like pure breeds have horrific arthritis and they don't last as long whereas like um cross breeds are far more hardy so i disagree with that i mean i think there's a lot of stuff we all disagree with <laughs> oh that yeah I mean, as if like that's the that, one that's, thing that's no no the that's that the point <laughs> that's the point i'd like to excuse me i'd like to pull you up on that one there Serge. For a full two pages, readers are urged to unite against, and I quote, slanty-eyed Koreans, and another quote, mud people, unquote, even if it means giving up their lives. Right. Yeah. Fuck. He also writes, no one, except for Jesus Christ himself, has ever managed to live forever, even if you could what a bore it would be to hang around a, for a few hundred years, not doing much except for making the terrible derogatory term for African-Americans make basketballs and sneakers out of Jew skins. So this is something that him, a Jew, was writing. And the return address in these articles was the exact same address that you would write to to get your sea monkey, was the sea monkey address. So he wasn't even trying to to cover it up. No, I mean, he changed his name from Harold to Henrik or something, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's... Listen, <laughs> I, I, it's easy to sort of dismiss him as, as this kooky guy. It doesn't seem like the decisions of a very, uh, like, intelligent dude, um, but that would be dismissive. And, and I think all of this is just this is just really shitty behavior i know you said that you'd like to understand the psychology of it like why would a jewish person um hate their own race so much uh or at least say they do 
I think it's impossible to get into the mind of, of somebody who's as broken as this man clearly was. Yeah. It's it's just so weird. And apparently because of all the money he gave, you know, people would say he's, I don't care what you say, he's a member of the Aryan race. And it's weird, man. Well, um, you can pay your way into the Aryan race. That's good. Yeah. So for those of you wondering. Yeah. If you have enough money, if you have millions of sea monkey money, um, apparently as well at these meetings, he would give long speeches about like numerology and the pyramids and they didn't really play very well, but they just kind of let him tattle off. So it's not even like he was a well-liked character with the speeches he no, gave. No, but that's <laughs> what I'm saying is that like he, he had money, he had money and influence. So he's allowed to do yeah. what he wants to do. Yeah. Yeah. So the Anti-Defamation League had been keeping extensive files on the on Harold von Braunhund, all his ties that they could find, and there's a lot of stuff that they couldn't find. And eventually, Lamari, in 1994, had to stop distributing sea monkeys because they were just getting a lot of pressure being like... Yeah, good. Obviously, yeah. Now, it didn't take long for sea monkeys to find another supplier, but they dropped the amazing sea monkeys almost immediately as soon as they found out. But then, once again, he quickly found another supplier because... Yeah, sea- eventually you'll find someone who wants to make money. Yeah, and Sea Monkeys was just too financially enticing for... And these companies felt it better to separate themselves from it, choosing to believe the claim that Hendrik von Braun, the Maryland state leader of the Aryan Nations, was not Harold von Braunhunt. That they were two separate people, even though, as we said, exact same address. Exact same mailing address. Yeah. How convenient for them. Yeah. Sea monkeys were still making him wealthy in 1998. 400 million of them went into space with astronaut John Glenn. Okay. Wow. They had their own. Uh, Yeah. They went to space. They died in space then, I'm assuming. They didn't. That was the whole thing. They brought them to space. They brought them back down and then rehydrated hydrated them and they were alive and good. Well, some of them. (laughs) (laughs) Some of them, yeah. Some of them made them back. That's good. Um, Mad. Okay, so an endorsement again from NASA, which is good. Mm -hmm. They had their own... NASA, Nazi, Nazi. Mm. Oh, wow. Hey, hey. Never made that connection before. They had their own Saturday morning series on CBS in the 90s which was kind of scary. <laughs> I'm assuming it's some sort of animated thing. Like, not just they stuck a camera on the actual little fish foods. I have to just show you a, a picture of a clip because it is weirdest, weirdest thing. Like, it upsets me. It, it's nightmare-inducing. It's nightmare-inducing, these, these sea monkeys. Oh, my God. It looks like um, a mix between cone heads and dinosaurs. Do you remember that kind of weird uh 90s uh kind of like a puppet show about dinosaurs mm. do you remember that like the di- it's kind of like flintstones crossed with dinosaurs it was like the working class dad and the family um th- these that's terrifying it is it's terrifying for kids for kids of all of all things so yeah and as we were saying before sea monkeys they're a cultural phenomenon um they were just too popular for people to care about the the nazi ties um every, like apparently journalists you know would often bring it up when they were interviewing harold 
and he repeatedly refused to discuss his be- his beliefs on race or his own religious background with journalists. Yeah, unless he was doing a speech of some sort. Yeah, yeah. they were just completely separate personalities. They're just com- different different faces. I mean, he was clever enough at least to to separate them. Yeah, somewhat. Somewhat. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Unless he... I mean, maybe he had, like, a racist brother who was just awesome in the house called Henrik. <laughs> so, until his death at age 77 in 2003, proceeds he was making from Sea Monkeys was being sent to various neo-Nazi groups and corporate America didn't care. And, yeah, luckily, after he died, all neo-Nazi ties appear to have disappeared as well. So, no, no money... Well, the damage is done. Guns were bought. Yeah. Legal fees were paid. Terrible stuff was said. But now he's dead. And neo-Nazi ties disappeared. He was said to be working on a pet lobster and an instant frog before he disappeared. Um, As I was mentioning earlier on, Yolanda is mainly silent on the issue. She's a committed vegan and animal rights campaigner and and has dedicated herself and most of the proceeds to the wildlife reserve and sees the sea monkey as an important way to teach children about the sanctity of all life i mean what a way to wrap that up uh i mean again convenient yeah i mean convenient to forget that uh for 30 years of the sea monkeys it was actually the opposite it was it was funding the opposite opinion which is like all life is not equal um no yeah, no, no, they won't no. talk about uh, that. Well, so that's it. That's the episode. Before I round off, I just want to say that I won't get into detail, but this episode has had countless, countless, countless technical fails. One in which I have never, I've not encountered anywhere near in any of my previous episodes, and I think that it's the yeah. big toy industries not wanting us to tell you about about nazis and sea monkeys and how no one cared for years yeah yeah no if people were making money they were happy enough with the sea monkeys to have the nazi connection and like it just shows that you know sea monkey money it is powerful Mm -hmm. yeah well listen i just want to say like fair play um for like not giving up on it because i think you you Mm. lost an entire recording i am like a, a backup substitute recording with it and don't call yourself a backup oh, i'm not going to fair enough but i'm a, uh, a a last minute edition i think and um yeah i think sometimes the best editions sometimes, are last sometimes the best editions are just the things mm-hmm. you sprinkle on top but um yeah i just give yourself a bit of credit i think because um you know you could have easily thrown in the towel on this episode this week but um i hope you appreciate this listeners you know your girl search is working real hard on this so um yeah good on you I think you got to know that sea monkeys was created by a Nazi Jew yeah. because he would hate that. He'd be rolling in his grave if people, cause he hid his Jewishness. He put Vaughn as his middle yeah. name to hide the fact that he was Jewish. So that's how I'm getting him back is I'm, I'm letting everyone know that he was in fact Jewish. And if you ever owned sea monkeys as a kid, sorry about you, but you may have contributed to the KKK. Yeah, you are a Nazi financer, unfortunately. You are a Nazi financer, listeners, if you ever had sea monkeys. Sorry about yeah. you. Happens to the best of us. I had sea monkeys as a kid. 
And that's that's it. That's the episode. Luke never had sea monkeys. Never had so sea monkeys. Like to, no, no, no. I you like have to plug plug some stuff as a someone who's never supported the KKK. I just I just want to be smug. Just want to be smug about it. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I'd love to if I can plug. I'd love to plug my podcast with Mark Canton called Look What's After Happening. It's an improvised podcast where we play two his. I'm, I'm using air quotes. Who two historic or historian experts and we chat about world history and it's fun and it's full of nonsense and stuff and this week we have um we've got some great guests in general but this week we have uh ryan rosenberg from big grande who you'd know from maybe the teacher's lounge if you're into improv um but yeah we 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 put out episodes every monday and it's good fun amazing and where can people find you and the podcast? Uh, well, you can check me out. I'm on Twitter and I'm on Instagram at Mr. Luke Benson. And the podcast actually has an Instagram. If you just sort of search for look what's after happening. I think it's LWAH pod. But we have our own Instagram page now. So, um, yeah, cool. do check us out if you can. I mean, it's it's fun. It's good escapist silly nonsense and you know nothing sometimes nothing to do with real life nazis nothing to do with real life nazis no and uh and sometimes we need a little bit of escapism um so yeah, yeah. i'd love if you uh if you checked us out do it's very very funny um luke and mark are very funny and they work really well together as improvisers and they always seem to get such great guests so it's definitely worth a listen Thank you, sir. if you want to feel a little less depressed now that i may have ruined your childhood which i apologize for this is meant to be escapism but you know sometimes I just you gotta bring the weird. truth you gotta bring the truth sometimes, sometimes. You challenge gotta bring people the truth yeah i yeah i as always have been Saoirse Shanae. you can find me at Saoirse Ball on twitter or my company that produces this podcast scream for ireland if you want to give that a like on instagram facebook twitter i'd really appreciate it i don't have an instagram for absurd real history yet or any real um, social media. Maybe I should. What do you think? Do you think I should? Or is my own Instagram and Twitter and the Screen for Ireland enough? Please let me know. And also, you can email absurdrealhistory at gmail.com if your email is more preferred method. But thank you. Thank you for listening. Bye. Nice.